could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Art is not what you see, but what you make others see. Edgar Degas. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, a producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. That's www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Ruhani, your host today. Today's show is all about modern art. In the second segment, I'll be sharing some fun facts about the subject. In the third segment, I'll be reading poetry about modern art. And right now, I'll be discussing the characteristics of modern art, including painting, sculpture, architecture, and graphic arts of the 20th and 21st centuries. In the early part of the 19th century, the prevailing academic tradition of painting was rejected by artists such as Gustave Courbet, Edward Manet, and the Impressionists, who tried to find a more naturalistic representation of the visual world. This rejection led to the rise of more clearly modern painters who expressed a more subjective personal vision. One of these painters was Juan Gris, whose painting, The Sun Blind, is a fine example of Cubism. Cubism was one of many movements that arose in the 20th century, and it investigated the potentials inherent within the painting medium for expressing a more spiritual response to the conditions of life. The 20th century saw the rise of abstract or non-objective art, which departed from the traditional approach of depicting the appearances of forms or are forms of objects in the realm of nature. This new approach was largely a response to the accelerated technological change, the expansion of scientific knowledge and understanding, and also an expanding awareness of non-Western cultures. Similarly, modern architecture also emerged in response to the industrializing society of the 19th and 20th centuries. It rejected revivals, classism, and applied ornament and decoration. It also focused on buildings, whose rhythmical arrangement of masses and shapes stated a geometric theme in light and shape. Among the most important trends and movements of modern, 
modern, modern architecture of the Chicago School, functionalism, Art Deco, Art Nouveau, Distill, the Bajas, the international style, the new brutalism, and postmodernism. Each of these movements contributed to the development of modern architecture, and they continue to influence contemporary architecture today. And these um, buildings are really interesting to research, and I've compiled a complete list of the architecture that kind of uh, was influenced by these um, modern art styles. So the first one is the Chicago School, and the home insurance building in Chicago was completed in 1885. It's also considered the world's first skyscraper as, and is a very early example of the Chicago School style of architecture. It features a steel frame structure, large windows, and terracotta exterior cladding. This next one, the Fogus Factory in Alfield, Germany, shows functionalism. It was designed by Walter Gropis and Adolf Mayer. Completed in 1911, the factory is notable for its use of glass and steel and has this open plan layout which allows for maximum efficiency and flexibility. This next one is very well known. It's the Empire State Building, New York City. Um, it is a prime example of Art Deco architecture and it was completed in 1931. So what really makes um, the Empire State Building different is that it has this distinctive step profile, stylized motifs, and these very ornamental details, such as the limestone and aluminum, aluminum facade. This next one is the Hotel Tassel in Brussels, and this um, represents the Art Nouveau architecture style. So it was designed by Victor Horta in 1893, and it's very, very beautiful. I wish I could show you guys the picture. It has these curving lines, floral motifs, and an emphasis on natural materials such as iron, glass, and stone. This next one is hard to pronounce, so forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. It's called the Reitveld Schroeder House in the Netherlands. And it is a prime example of the D still architecture style. It is this house, and again, it's also very pretty. It's very simple with pr its primary colors and being black and white as the, only, as the only color scheme. This next one is the Bauhaus Dessau building in Germany. So it was designed by Walter Gropius in 1925, and it features these clean lines, simple forms, and a more functionalist approach to design. This next one is also very beautiful. It's the Seagram building in New York City. So you might've heard of this one before. It's a prime example of the international style of architecture. And it has this like glass and steel curtain wall. It's a very like minimalist building with a rectangular form. I actually did see this and it was really, really, really pretty. This next one is the Park Hill, which is a new brutalism style of architecture. It's located in Sheffield, England, which is actually where my mom went to college. And it's designed by architects Jack Lynn and Ivor Smith in 1961. So it has this rough, exposed concrete exterior with an emphasis on functionality and social housing. And I'm pretty sure that it did um, house a lot of people for a long time. The Portland building in Portland, Oregon is a great example of postmodern architecture. I've never seen this, but I've seen pictures and it's like has this playful, colorful exterior with classical architectural motifs such as columns and pediments. And out of all of these, um, I'm definitely fascinated by the Park Hill. I 
love Sheffield. I think it's like such a beautiful place. And it's actually a dream location of mine to maybe study one day too. I've always been like kind of enamored by the English countryside. And in particular, I love the Park Hills like rugged structure. It kind of reminds me of a house straight out of a John Austin novel. In fact, I just read Pride and Prejudice and Actually, the main character, Elizabeth, realizes she's in love with Mr. Darcy after seeing his house. So I always imagine like the Park Hill as um, his house. But the only ones I visited on the list is the Empire State Building and the Seagram Building. And I'm scared of heights, but I especially loved going on top of the Empire State Building and seeing all the hustle and bustle of New York City. It's like, I think, one of the best architecture I've ever seen in person. And I think um, when I visited the Empire State Building, I feel like that's where I really fell in love with um, New York City. And I really wanted to move there for college. And I'm not sure that'll come true, but it's definitely in my bucket list to live there someday. I hope one day you guys can see all of these amazing buildings too. So that's it for this segment, but make sure you stay tuned for our next one where I'll be sharing more fun facts about modern art. We wanna hear your thoughts and we wanna hear your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestarur.org where you can get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity by buying books and t-shirts in our store. Also sign up for a free newsletter and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The star you are light up the flame that burns make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support be the star you are 501c3 a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families and youth visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today everyone counts donate today be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star.
Listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about modern art. And right now, I'll be sharing some interesting facts about the subject. Number one is that the most expensive painting ever sold at an auction is a modern art piece. The painting is called Salvatore Mundi by Leonardo da Vinci and was sold for $450 million in 2017. Now, I've seen a picture of the painting and it's very beautiful, but I am not sure I'd spend that much money on it. Of course, I'm also not an art curator and collector. However, I am an avid art fan, and one of the modern art pieces that I really like is Marcel Duchamp's Fountain, which is just a urinal turned on its side, and he basically um, submitted it to an art show in 1917, but it was actually originally rejected by the show's organizers. However, now it's considered a groundbreaking work of modern art, and yeah, it is pretty like gross looking at it, but... I'm really compelled by it for some reason. I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can interpret it. Like um, one of the things I read was that it like um, represents like the waste of society or something. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And the first abstract art piece is actually believed to be Wassily Kandinsky's Composition 7th, which was created in 1913. And Kandinsky basically revolutionized um, abstract art which basically expresses emotions and ideas without representing the physical world. Next fact I have for you is Jackson Pollock, one of the most famous modern artists, had a unique technique called drip painting. He would place um, a canvas on the floor and drip, pour, and splatter paint on it. And this technique was meant to emphasize the physical art of painting. If you see like drip paintings, they'll probably be like a splash of color and I really like those two. Um, we actually just saw one for my art history class and I found it like very beautiful and like I love the color scheme. Now I talked about surrealism in the last segment and I was actually very very um, shocked to find out it was influenced by the psychoanalytic theories of Sigmund Freud and surrealist artists like Salvador Dali and Rene Magritte explored the world of dreams and the unconscious mind in their art so I guess it does make sense because um, Freud's theories were based off the subconscious and surrealism kind of screws with your mind a bit. And I can see why um, it was based off Freud's theories. Next fact is that the pop art movement, which emerged in the 1950s, celebrated consumer culture and everyday objects. Artists like Andy Warhol used images from advertisements, comic books, and other popular media to create their art. I feel like you don't see pop art as much um, right now, but I remember when I was little, I would see a lot of it. And I actually did make one for my kindergarten class, which I still have hung on my wall. It was like a pop art using like newspaper clippings from our town. And I thought it was really pretty. Another fact is 
Vesclein, a French artist, created a unique shade of blue that he called International Klein Blue. He believed that this color represented the infinite and the void, and he used it in many of his artworks. And now you can see um, the International Klein Blue, which is just a very, very deep blue, in clothes modeled by big fashion brands like Gucci and Louis Vuitton, and actually um, clothes that use um, International Klein Blue is like very in demand, especially for these like, um, like elite fashion people. And when I saw the picture, I didn't really think it looked different than any of shades of blue I've seen before, but I can totally see how it's like representing the infinite of the void because it's like super deep. It kind of like when you close your eyes, you'll like see it um, burned into your eyes, which I thought that was cool. The next um, thing that I found interesting was that the graffiti artist Bansky is one of the most famous modern artists. He's known for his politically charged and often satirical works, but his true identity is unknown and he's never revealed his face to the public. This kind of reminded me of this um, gr group of hackers called Anonymous, who also like um, kind of post like satire and sort of like cryptic messages on their YouTube. And I always found it like very interesting where like these people have a lot of influence, but you don't really know who they are. This next fact is about the contemporary artist A. Weiwei, and he's known for his politically engaged art, which often comments on human rights issues in China. So he has created installations using materials like thousands of bicycles, sunflower seeds, and backpacks to make very powerful statements about the world around us. And I was actually lucky enough to see his sunflower seeds installation art in London. So he used these sunflower seeds as a very potent symbol of childhood poverty in India and in China, sorry, and also a meaningful metaphor for the power of human connection and sharing di during difficult times. I think I went there in 2017 and they don't, they're really strict about like um, going near it because I think people try to touch the seeds, which is weird. But what I really love about modern art is that it's so innovative and original. You would never think that something like sunflower seeds would represent something so meaningful. The next fact I have is that the Museum of Modern Art in New York City was the first museum in the world dedicated solely to modern art when it opened in 1929. So I have been here and I loved it. And I love how it's like free for like New York City public school students, I believe. And that's where I saw the Starry Night, which is like a very beautiful iconic painting and it was just so surreal to see it right in front of you because I'd seen pictures of it for so long and then just see it in front of you and see like the intricate brush strokes and everything is a very great experience and I really recommend going there if you're ever in New York City. This next fact is probably the most interesting and that is that the German artist Joseph Boyce once spent three days locked in a room with a wild coyote for an art performance called I Like America and America Likes Me. So when I found um, this out, I was pretty shocked. And when I did some more research, I found that um, the artist is actually using the coyote, a predator, as a representation of European settlers invading other people's homelands. And as soon as um, he got off the plane um, from being locked in the room with the coyote, he was wrapped in felt and loaded into an ambulance then driven to his gallery without even touching American soil, which I thought was pretty bizarre. But that is something I cannot imagine doing. But you must have like a super strong dedication to your craft if you're going to lock yourself 
in a room with an animal, a dangerous animal, um, to, you know, create that meaningful piece. But I thought that was really, really cool. Another fact I have is that Andy Warhol's iconic Campbell soup, Campbell soup cans paintings were first exhibited in 1962. Initially, a lot of people didn't like it. It was met with very mixed reviews. But today, if you ever think about modern art, you will probably think about Andy Warhol and this piece and these pieces. And I've actually had to study them for my art history class. And I love these paintings. I don't know how these soup cans elicit like a lot of emotion, but in my opinion, um, how I um, see the painting as is that it represents kind of the simplicity and comfort of everyday meals. And I used to eat a lot of canned foods as a kid. Whenever I stare at the painting, I think of how they used to taste better when I was younger. And I think Warhol does like a great job of representing like how people just live out their daily lives, like eating these comfort foods. And that's all the time we have for this segment, but make sure to visit our website, expressyourselfteenradio.com and make a donation to BTSYA. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for information. That's expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Ruhani, and I'll be reading poetry based on modern art. Writers have taken inspiration from famous paintings for decades, writing philosophical or personal experiences with a piece of art, and the technical term for such a poem is known as an ekphrastic poem. And this poem, A Starry Night by Anne Sexton, was based on Vincent Van Gogh's painting. So she's basically using the imagery of the desolate town under the night sky to express her longing for death and also her desire to be overpowered by a force greater than herself. Pretty heavy stuff, but I really like the poem. So here it is. The Starry Night by Anne Sexton. The town does not exist, except where one black-haired tree slips up like a drowned woman into the hot sky. The town is silent. The night boils with 11 stars. Oh, starry, starry night. This is how I want to die. It moves. They are all alive. Even the moon bulges in its orange irons to push children like a god from its eye. The old unseen serpent swallows up the stars. Oh, starry, starry night. This is how I want to die. And to that rushing beast of the night, sucked up by that great dragon, to split my life with no flag, no belly, no cry. So I really, really like this poem. Again, like um, I said in the last segment, I saw The Starry Night in person. And I think this poem really does a great job at capturing the feeling of helplessness Vincent Van Gogh felt. Um, Actually, there's this amazing movie based off his career. I think it's called A Starry Night or something. It's like an animation movie about his life and how he actually wasn't recognized, recognized for any of his works until after he died, which is like pretty sad. But yeah, I really recommend it. This next poem that I'm going to read is called The Disquieting Muses by Sylvia Plath, who is a writer I greatly admire. And it's based off the surrealist painting with the same name by Giorgio di Chirico, completed in 1918. The painting depicts three classical figures, which are identified as the nine muses from Greek mythology, standing in this isolated landscape. And the figures are arranged in a staggered line, Plath really captures like the settling mood of the painting with her very eerie poem. It's pretty long and the speaker imagines her childhood self haunted by three faceless muses, much like the three fates of classical mythology. And how I interpret it, it's like this kind of um, toxic relationship between mother and a daughter, but horse writing is always interpreted by the reader and I hope you enjoy this one. The Disquieting Muses by Sylvia Plath. Mother, mother, what ill-bred aunt, or what disfigured and unsightly cousin did you so unwisely keep? Unasked to my christening, that she sent these ladies in her stead, with heads like darning eggs, to nod and nod and nod at foot and head, and at the left side of my crib, 
mother who made to order stories of Mixie Blackshort the heroic bear, mother whose witches always, always got baked into gingerbread. I wonder whether you saw them, whether you said words to rid me of those three ladies nodding by night around my bed. Mouthless eyeless with stitched bald head in the hurricane when father's 12 study windows bellied in like bubbles about to break. You fed my brother and me cookies and Ovaltine and helped the two of us to choir. Thor is angry, boom, boom. Thor is angry, we don't care. But those ladies broke the panes when on tiptoe the schoolgirls danced, blinking flashlights like fireflies and singing the glowworm song. I could not lift a foot in the twinkle dress, but heavy-footed stood aside in the shadow cast by my dismal-headed godmothers, and you cried and cried, and the shadow stretched, the lights went out. Mother, you sent me to piano lessons and praised my Arabskis and trills. Although each teacher found my touch oddly wooden in spite of scales, and the hours of practicing, my ear, tone deaf, and yes, unteachable. I learned, I learned, I learned elsewhere. From muses unhired by you, dear mother, I woke, to, well, I woke one day to see you, mother, floating above me in bluest air on a green balloon bright with a million flowers and bluebirds that were never, never found anywhere. But the little planet bobbed away like a soap bubble as you cried, come here. And I faced my traveling companion. Day now, night now, at head, sight, feet. They stand their vigil in gowns of stone, faces blank as the day I was born, their shadows long in the settling sun that never brightens or goes down. And this is the kingdom you bore me to, mother, mother, but no frown of mine will betray the company I keep. I wish you guys could like see this painting or I could project it for you because um, Plath does this a very incredible job of kind of capturing like the loneliness of the painting by with this like relationship with her mother. And it's like one of her most famous poems, I think. And I love um, poems based off paintings. I feel like I just love when you can combine two forms of art and just kind of tell a story. And next is my original poem based on the painting, The Execution of Lady Jane Grey, which was an oil painting by um, Paul de la Roche, completed, completed in 1833. It's about the historical event of the execution of Lady Jane Grey, who was Queen of England for just nine days at the age of 16, before being deposed and executed for treason. So if you look at the painting, um, Lady Jane Grey, Lady Jane Grey is shown being led to the execution scaffold by two guards and she's wearing this simple dress and her hands are clasped in prayer and her expression kind of looks like resignation and acceptance of her fate. Personally to me it seemed like she was pretty distressed but again that's like the beautiful thing about art you can interpret it the way you want it to. And my seventh grade world history um, teacher showed her class this painting and it stood out to me before I even knew what the context was. And I feel like painter does 
a lovely job of kind of capturing like the hopelessness of the situation. Um, a young girl is being executed and kind of like her radiant skin, like her, because um, she's like, ivory skinned, we can, and white is usually like associated with purity. We can assume her innocence and her face looks very childish. And once I read the history behind the work, I realized that Lady Jane Grey really didn't deserve her fate at all. And I'm very fascinated by like the Tudor monarchy and 16 year old Jane never wanted the crown, but due to like these political conflicts in the English monarchy, she ruled for nine days instead of Mary the first. And then when Mary the first retook the crown, Jane was set to be executed. Actually, I don't think Mary the first even wanted to execute her. It was kind of her advisors pushing her to do it, which like goes to show how like this like pursuit of power, a lot of innocent people are kind of taken advantage of. So here is the poem. In those days leading up to your end, did you imagine a life where you were free to emulate your age? The crown was thrust upon you and taken away to kill you. Your short rule and short life, you represent the tragedy of history. How the bloody pursuit of power leaves youth unlived, leaves daughters martyred for no real cause. Lady Jane Grey, with your shining ivory skin and trembling fingers, I can imagine you in another universe, beaming, living out an existence that didn't let you become a footnote in a textbook, outlining the senselessness of your destruction. Sometimes during vigorous study, we forget to feel pity. And I kind of base this poem how like when we study history, we kind of forget that these figures you read about were actually real people and not just something to like note down and are like notebooks. It's like when you think of history in more of like um, a human-like sense instead of just something you have to memorize, I feel like the subject becomes a lot more interesting and that's why it's like one of my favorites. And in fact, um, one of the things I'm considering to study is also anthropology because it kind of focuses on like more of like human-like behaviors in history and a lot of the history that we study in school kind of focuses on these like people in power. And I feel like Lady Jane Grey's story resonated with me a lot because she's like one of those people who didn't really want power. It was imposed on her. And it's like a lot of people um, throughout history have had that happen to them. It's just very, very sad. And here's the last piece of writing by me that I want to share. So this is just an excerpt. Um, the whole story I wrote is about how, uh, like I was talking about, humanity has always been humanity no matter the time period. And this part in particular details a father and son in 1400 BC. We're almost there, the father reassures his son. It is windy and almost dusk. The son rubs his eyes, so the father hoists him on his shoulders, directing them to a wide cave. Inside, the walls scream with vibrant color. Your grandfather and his father sketch plants. I drew animals, and here, the father points to an empty spot, is where you can make up whatever you desire. With the chalk, the son feels freedom that he's never experienced before. The father feasts on the amazement in his child's eyes. It's entertaining, but he knows what must be tinging on the son's conscience. He remembers having that realization himself powerful and life-altering beyond their imagination. You can be remembered through the vivid maroons and violets. 
you were once here. Well, we are out of time for today's show. And as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org, find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio, and remember that art is a great way to express yourself. Always remember to speak out, speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.